Good morning. Welcome to Pesachim Nun Test, page 59. We're continuing discussing the order of what was happened in the afternoon, specific on Erev Pesach. And we have a Bryce that says what you have is the order as follows. First, you have the Talmud, which we said on Erev Pesach was done at 1.30, not 2.30 like it's done on a regular day, but it's done at 1.30 p.m. Then after that, you have the Karban Pesach. After the Karban Pesach, you have the Ketores, the incense. And at, which is which is uh, burned on the inner altar, and then you have the neros, the menorah that was lit from night until the morning. Uh, and the reason why is because the reason why the Pesach is after the Tamid is because when it comes to the Tamid, it just says bein harbayim in the afternoon. But when it comes to the carbon Pesach, it has two languages: it says bein harbayim and erev in the evening, which means that it must be uh, later. So the Gemara says, well, according to that logic, let's also make the carbon Pesach. After the ketores and the incense, after the ketores, I'm sorry, and the and the uh, and the menorah, because again, Pesach has these two languages. Uh, so the Gemara says no, because there's a pasuk that says oso, which teaches us that when it comes to both the ketores and the menorah, they have to be the last thing. So the order according to the first opinion is tamid, Pesach, ketores, and then menorah. But then we bring down a second opinion that based on that challenge of the first actually agrees with the challenge and therefore says that, in fact, since when it comes to the Karban Pesach, it says, Bein uh, Arbaim and Erev, it's the last thing. So what you would do is you would do Tamid, then you would do the Ketores, then you would do the Menorah, and then the last thing that would be brought would be the Karban Pesach. A, a further brisa actually gives us one more exception of something that would be done after the Talmud Shobin Arbaim, even though we said that that's the last offering that's brought, and then we had one exception, which is the Karban Pesach, now we actually have another one, which is the Mechusar Kippurim. Let's say somebody's, let's say a Mitzorah, they have leprosy, and their seventh day is um, the day before Erev Pesach, so that morning they, 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 they go to the mikvah, that night they have Erev Shemesh. The one thing that's left, which will allow them to have sacrificial meat, in other words, the Karban Pesach itself, would be if on Erev Pesach itself, which is the eighth day, they bring a series of karbanos, a chatas, uh, an ola, and an asham. And let's say this person has not brought that chatas. They forgot to bring it. They didn't bring it until after the Talmud and after the carbon Pesach itself is brought. What the halacha is, they could even bring that after the Talmud, because if they don't do it, we then they're not going to be able to partake of the carbon Pesach. And another opinion says that even on a regular day, even if it's not Erev Pesach, just allowing them, let's say they have a, had also brought a carbon shlamim, and now the only way they can eat that carbon shlamim is to bring this carbon, which is mechusar kippurim, let's say this extra chatas, will also allow them to bring that even after the tamid shalbein harbayim, in order to allow them to eat the sacrificial uh, meat. So the Gemara says, I understand in the case of Erev Pesach, for the carbon Pesach, how you do that, because the carbon, not eating the carbon Pesach is so significant. It's a it's an asay sheyish bakaris. It's a positive commandment to eat it, and if you fail to do it, you get cut off. I understand why it overrides the idea of not having any carbon brought after the Talmud. But if it's just a regular day and just eat, let's say, like a regular shlomim that the person brought, what's the big deal? It's an essay and an essay. Why would we override it? And the more answer is because we're talking about Mechus Kippur, and we're talking about a chatas ha'of, a bird chatas, which basically... All you do is you do the blood on the altar, but then the entire bird gets consumed by the Kohen. So there is actually nothing that goes on, up on the altar. So there would be no, in fact, no prohibition of burning this up on the, of, of doing this sacrifice after the Tamid. Or you can say we're talking about a chatas behema, an animal chatas, 
And the way that it works is you just put it up on the altar, but you don't actually uh, burn it up on, on the altar. Um, the Gemara in the Ahmed Bays, um, in, the, in this context, is very concerned that if you just put it, put it up on the altar, maybe the Kohanim are going to come along and they're going to burn it. They're not going to know what its purpose is. The Gemara answers the Kohanim are reason him. The Kohanim are very careful. Then the Gemara asks a very important question that we're kind of in a catch-22 here. Because as long as you don't burn, in the case of the animal, let's say, chatos, that we just put up there but we don't burn, but as long as you don't burn it, then the Kohanim can't eat their parts. And if the Kohanim don't eat their parts, then there's no effect, atonement affected, and then still the person will not be able to eat his uh, karbanos, his sacrificial meat. So what do you gain by putting it up there? The Kohanim won't be able to eat it. So the Gemara answer is actually the Kohanim could eat it. Because when do we say that the Kohanim have to wait for the parts that are put on the altar to burn before they can eat their parts? That's if it's possible. But here it's EF sure it's impossible. But, and we treat it as if like the meat, the sacrificial parts that's supposed to be burned on the altar became tame. Then the Kohanim would be able to eat it and then the person would have uh, atonement. Okay, this concludes the Afnun test page 59. See you tomorrow. The new Mishnah for Daf Samach page 60.